Welcome to another edition of WVD Monthly, presented by Zintegra, with your host Andy Whiteside and Pete Downing, your source for all things Azure and Microsoft WVD. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode six of uh, WVD Weekly. I'm, I'm Pete. I'm drawing a blank. That's what we're calling this thing, right? Yep, that's what we're calling it. W, uh, actually, WVD Monthly, because we uh, do it monthly. monthly. Yeah, <laughs> Man, that's, that's embarrassing, but hey, we're going to roll with it. This is my third podcast of the day, so I'm a little, I'm a little burnt up, plus all the other stuff I've been going, uh, been doing all day. Um, how's it going? Good man, Good, uh, busy day. I actually spent the day showing off uh, WVD and Azure today, so uh, it's uh, fitting that we're doing the podcast today. So. What uh, what do you cover just at a high level? What do you cover during those most recent workshops, and what kind of questions do people have? Uh, yeah, good question. So today was I call it my Azure fundamentals with EUC, and I I focus mainly on Citrix, but um, you know the goal is to highlight the value of uh, Microsoft Azure with the end user compute uh, stack and, and, and then how does it fit in with WVD? And so, uh, you know, more uh, the questions I typically w- will get is like, you know, well, how do I save money? Um, do I need Citrix? Do I need VMware, uh, et cetera? And, and, you know, typically it's, you know, once the user gets to the end of the day, they're, they're realizing there is a good fit for the lighthouse partners, which is Citrix VMware and a few others, but there is value to uh, using them as front ends to WVD. Yeah. I had um, an interesting conversation. We have one of our sales guys who said a company uh, that they're working with, who's been successful with Citrix for years is considering to leave and go to Leo stream. And it's been three years since I've heard someone say something like that. Yeah. And it's probably been, more than five years since I heard Leo stream. So, <laughs> I mean, look, I know people are trying to save money. They're trying to do it cheaper. Maybe they've got some reason they're upset at Citrix, but uh, you know, the, the, the Microsoft story is getting better and better all the time. The bolt-ons like Citrix, like VMware continue to add really good feature, rich enterprise worthiness uh, for customers. Uh, definitely something that, you know, we can talk through with them and, and help with. And look, we're, we're, we want to sell stuff but at the same time. We can help you come to the, the right decision for you. Um, that's, that's the goal. Okay. So, uh, let's jump into, uh, our monthly, uh, concept here. Um, what's, uh, what's the first thing we want to talk about as far as what Microsoft's done? Uh, this would be what the December releases. Yeah, they, they did updates in December and then conveniently, uh, launch them in January, which, uh, the date on it was January 6th. So they announced all the new fixes. Uh, uh, so yeah, December updates. What's uh, what's first on their list of things they've added to the product or fixed? Sometimes it's it's add, it's fixed, it's tweaked. What's what's the first one? Yeah, so the first one's interesting. Um, you know, a lot of people have been asking for this. Uh, it's it's what's called Azure Monitor uh, for Windows Virtual Desktop, um, and it's essentially having dashboards in front of uh, you know WVD um, and you know uh, you know using um, Azure Monitor workbooks. Uh, and, and essentially creating, uh, you know, little dashboards and, and snippets into the environment, things like logon, uh, utilization, um, you know, uh, uh, heartbeats, uh, the last heartbeat uh, a session made. So, you know, is, is the device communicating with the edge? Uh, how many sessions are new sessions allowed? Are they not allowed? So it's just an overview and insight into uh, the WBD. And it's a long time coming. 
but then it, again, it, then it begs the question, you know, why do you need these third party partners? Um, and so you could kind of play both sides of the fence, you know, natively it's built, but you know, it still costs money. So when you turn all this stuff on, you're still spending dollars. And, and that's, I think what you have to kind of, you have to weigh. Um, and so is it native and then native versus cost? Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how some of these features play into the partner eco- ecosystem. And, and my joke here is it sounds like Citrix Edge site. And, and that's not true by any means. But, um, you know, these are all things that uh, Citrix and VMware and others have been kind of tweaking and honing and getting better at all these years. And I'm sure this is a great first step and a, and a good solution, maybe good enough solution. Um, you know, it's just I guess the customer needs to try it and see if it gives them what they need or if they need to continue to add things like Control Up, which Control Up's one of the WVD partners, right? Yeah, and 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 you know, Control Up, Sapago, there's a lot of great partners out there. Uh, and you know, so it's gonna be interesting to see. Um, you know, is it yeah, I'll I'll say this and <laughs> is it as sexy as like a Sapago or Control Up? No, it's not. Um, is it does it get the job done? Yeah, it does. And you know, so it gives you insight into your, you know, pool health, your in troubleshoot issues with deployment, uh, you know, user-friendly feedback, you know, as far as diagnosing feedback from user data, things like that. But is it as sexy as some of the partners? No. So. Well, you hit on the one that, uh, you know, has been the, the Achilles heel for all these years, slow logins, right? That's, yep. and if it can do that, that's, that's one step in the right direction. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So right. you know, that's again, they're, they're slowly pegging away their to-do list, which is pretty cool to see. Yeah, I would love to see the to-do list. I wonder yeah. if there actually is a to-do list. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there is. Uh, I would love to get a peek at that and see what's on it. Um, okay, so next one here is Azure Resource Manager Template Change. Sounds exciting. What is that? Um, so, again, it's uh, they're, they're, they changed the ARM template to default to not using uh, public IPs. Um, and, uh, when you create, uh, uh, basically they tweak the template. So when you create a template, so in our world, Andy, we call it a machine catalog. So the Citrix world, uh, in the WVD world, they call it a host pool so that the host pool has a standard template and it defaults to, uh, specific settings. And, um, they defaulted to public IPs off now. Um, and they and encourage you to use, you know, either a jump, jump box or bastion. Uh, so that's, you know, kind of how I, I read this, uh, this uh, change and essentially the template uh, is the flow you go through when you do a provision, like a pool, a provision, a host pool. Um, so, you know, not, not a big sexy change, but something that's needed and, and focused on security. If you want to get down to the, the nuts and bolts. Yeah. So that's interesting. I've, I've played with Azure some, I've started playing with it more recently. So what, so a, a template you spin up from these templates and by default, the public IP capabilities are either not there or turned off. Is that true? Yeah, it's turned off now. So my last demo actually I gave, uh, it was turned off by default, which is kind of cool because I actually use, prefer to use the Bastion method, which is connecting to a VM with HTTPS. So when you do a host pool provisioning, uh, part of the provisioning is you name it, you say what kind of pool it's going to be. And then you say, do you want to deploy some virtual machines? And then that, and then that, and that provisioning engine of provisioning the virtual machines that says, do you want a public IP? Yes or no. And it used to be defaulted on if memory serves me right now it's defaulted off. So, okay. All right. So easily still controllable, but uh, error, erroring on the side of security. Yeah. And and again, security, right? Yeah. 
All right, next uh, section here, and I'm excited about this and don't know a whole lot about it other than listening to you guys talk, and that's MSIX App Attach. Is this finally the answer for containerizing applications after a decade plus of things coming and going? Um, I mean, if we're going to be honest, and <laughs> I, I would say not yet. I would say we still got to kind of step back and, and, and wait and see because um, it's still public preview. Now, there's two layers to MSIX. There's MSIX, the, the format. Um, and so that think of that as the new MSI, the new installer. And then there's MSIX app attach, which is taking this install, this container and attaching them on the fly. Um, so app layering, right? Um, but the issue here is it's always been kind of behind the scenes and, you know, you did it through PowerShell. Uh, now it's done through the UI. Um, and so, you know, you can, um, you can, you package the application uh, in, in an MSIX image uh, and then you upload that image to a share and then the share essentially is accessible from the session host and it mounts it on the fly. So very similar like FS logics, if you will. Right. Um, and, and there's plenty of tools out there, by the way, that help with creating this package. It mounts it, as a, it, mounts it uh, with uh, with links into a into a virtual disk. Is it a virtual disk? Is the MSIX basically in a virtual disk of some type? Uh, no, it's it, it, it's uh, yeah, it's stored in a VHDX, uh, and and then you can expand it, contract it. Uh, and the really cool thing is, uh, I'll put a link in the in the podcast summary. They actually have a bunch of example MSIX packages, which is kind of cool. Uh, so, you know, um, on the little page here that they, they, they highlight this feature. So I'm, I'm actually excited to try it out because it's the first time where, um, yeah, I kind of strayed away from it because it was PowerShell-y and not that I don't like PowerShell, but uh, it's just not demo friendly. So it was like, eh, now I can demo it and show it off and say, yeah, it works. You know, so I'm kind of excited that it's in the UI now and I can actually show it off and it actually push the limits to say, does it work or doesn't it? Um, so, yeah, is, so it's... This isn't limited to WVD. This is pervasive across all virtual technologies and, and maybe even physical technologies, right? Yeah. So, so I actually, uh, what, two weeks ago had Rob Shaw on from the Global Black Belt team and someone actually asked that. And unfortunately right now, App Attach is only going to be tied into and supported in WVD right now. So, so I guess leg up for one of our other friendly partners, Liquidware, right? Um, so yeah, so it's still going to be the App Attach piece will be locked to WVD. It's to be seen if they'll let it go on-prem to be used with like Citrix or VMware, et cetera. But right now it's a WVD only feature. So, so I'm, uh, I'm a pro Microsoft guy. I'm, a, I'm not anti-Microsoft by any means, but in this WVD world, whether it's multi-session OS, Windows 10, whether it's now MSIX, they, they do seem to stack the cards in their favor, don't they? Oh yeah. <laughs> Always. <laughs> That uh, the whole uh, lawsuit in Europe and anti-competition stuff, I guess that's all way behind us now. And I guess yeah, that, yeah, yeah. It seems like in Azure they can do whatever they want and nobody can challenge it. I guess. But again, I it's good for me, good for my business. I'm not anti-Microsoft. I'm okay with it. But I got to imagine some people were, somewhere along the way somebody's going to start calling that, that out again. <laughs> yeah, uh, and just for a friendly FYI to listeners. Um, and again, I'll put this link in the chat, in the summary. You have to fill out a form to get this turned on. So it's not just turned on uh, by default. So that's it's a preview only mode, but you have to request it as well. 
All right. Well, I did a uh, podcast with Citrix this morning. We were talking about app protection type stuff. Uh, yep. The next one you have on here is screen capture protection. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I guess this is uh, the RDP client catching up with Citrix. Uh, so now uh, they have the ability to uh, block the ability to screen capture. So if I have a session up on my you know, desktop, I, it can't take like a tool like Snagit or uh, the internal capturing tool for my, uh, Windows. I can't capture the screen. It would just be a black box. Uh, so very similar to the Citrix functionality, um, just prevents users from taking screenshots and screen captures of the window. Now, not, what's not here is uh, watermarking and things like that. So you could still take your phone and, and hold it up like that and take a picture, but it does prevent screen capturing. So do you, do you know how that works? I mean, how does it, 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 it disables the capturing tool somehow? What is it? How does that work? Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I I'm guessing it if it somehow intercepts the, you know, because everything's a pixel. So I'm guessing it just intercepts the pixels and fills it in with black. Uh, again, if you and I knew that, we wouldn't be sitting here probably. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like those old days when uh, uh, Janet Jackson when you can take a picture of her and some big guy comes and bops you in the head because he saw you trying to do it. I I use Janet Jackson as an example. I don't. It could be anybody you want to name. Probably dating myself there, but uh, I guess it's <laughs> something's looking out for. The session, it sounds like. All right. Uh, next line here is um, built-in roles. That, that that doesn't sound all that exciting, but probably very important. No, no, it's not. I mean, it's not exciting. They're just expanding um, the different types of roles for role-based administration. And, and actually, it's funny. When I saw this feature, I thought of a customer who I helped deploy. I can't say the customer name, but it would have benefited them <laughs> if they had this instead they had to get, you know, very convoluted with creating custom roles and things like that. So this is just more for role-based uh, administration and they've added a bunch of new, new like stub roles, if you will, to get more granular from a management uh, perspective. And, you know, again, I'll, I'll put a link up. There's a whole list of them and yeah, it's not too sexy, but Hey, it's needed. So th- what this means is within the world of Azure and the ARM world, they have a role for Windows virtual desktop administrators that kind of gives you the default things you need to be the, the WVD guy. Is that what that's saying? Yeah, yeah. And then it even goes deeper. Like, are they only allowed to do, you know, the virtualization piece? Are they only allowed to look at insights? Are they only allowed to um, read and just see? Like, I've read-only rights. So that it gets even granular. So, cool. All right. Uh, next line item here is uh, application group limit increase. What what is that? Yeah, that's not that's not too uh, too sexy, but I, I'm sure everybody on this call has hit the CPU limit increase. I know you have, uh, where you try to spin up a VM and it says you only have ten uh, virtual CPUs per subscription. Similar to that, so you know Azure has limitations in everything. So for example a resource group can only have 800 disks. Uh, you can get it increased, but you just have to submit a request. So this is just another example of a limit increase. They said you can only have 200 application groups. So in our world, uh, Andy, that's delivery groups in the Citrix world. Uh, so think of it that way. So you can only have 200 application groups uh, and it, per Azure Active Directory. Which if you have to have that many delivery groups, you have to question maybe the strategy, but I'm sure there are organizations <laughs> that, that are pushing that. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you have 200 app groups, man, there's something else going on. (laughs) 
And here's the, uh, the one that shows up almost every time, which is, uh, again, ties into my conversation with Citrix this morning. The, the client side of this just continues to keep rolling along. We don't, we don't have anything specifically called out here. I'm sure you can probably maybe go into some, but they noted uh, improvements in the Mac OS, the Android, and, of course, the Windows uh, WVD client. Anything specific you want to call out on any of those? Um, yeah, I'm looking now. So like, you know, my, there, there's an insider build for windows, the, um, but nothing too crazy here. Uh, just doing a quick scan. The one I always check just cause I'm always curious is the web. Um, because that's where a lot of people tend to default to. Um, and again, there's, uh, they added support for a better local microphone into the remote session. Uh, they improve 4k support. Um, so they've been doing a lot of focused stuff in the HTML five experience, the windows client. Um, you know, there wasn't too much movement and then just out of curiosity, I'll check the iOS. Um, but you know, they're, they're again, nothing too crazy here support for some of the new released iPads and I iPhones and, uh, again, nothing crazy. So, uh, but they're still making, yeah, I'll say baby steps in supporting the various, uh, clients, uh, if you will. Okay. All right. Well, good. Well, that gets us to the end. I, uh, I appreciate uh, you jumping on here. We do it once a month. Hopefully people are getting value out of this kind of a no nonsense recap of what's going on. Anything, uh, anything around WVD or specifically around Pete and Zintegra you want to highlight before we jump off? Uh, yeah, I think two things. One, you know, anybody listening, definitely if you're going to pilot WVD, uh, reach out to us before you do because there's incentives to help you guys uh, subsidize your costs uh, getting WVD de- you know deployed and piloted. But also, if you're looking to deploy it, there's incentives to help get it deployed as well. So definitely check it out. Uh, it's called um, Microsoft AMP program, and, and it allows you to get you know funds to help you know us, a partner, help you get it deployed uh, and not have to spend dollars out of your out of your pocket and subsidize the cost a little bit. Um, yeah, other than that, yeah, I think, I think, uh, WBD is making a lot of strides and in, in traction and it's going to be interesting to see where we are a year from now. It's a, it's amazing to see where they've come in a year, to be honest with you. Yeah. Are we going to get to go to ignite this year and, uh, get a bunch of people together and, and celebrate WVD or is that still uh, to be determined? Uh, last I checked, it's still TBD. I, I haven't seen a definitive date yet and I haven't seen, um, and I just put my name on the list to get notified when they finalize the date. So hopefully it's in person. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if it's not, we'll, tr- we'll have to figure something out. <laughs> and, and I'll use that, uh, that moment to give a little sales pitch here, right? If you're a Citrix customer, if you're a Microsoft customer, if you're a VMware customer, if you're all three and, and more, and you want to go to these conferences every year, uh, Zintegra is committed to um, in reinvesting back into our customer base. So if you're, if you're out there listening and you, you, you want to attend these conferences when they get back to having them. Um, I know a guy who owns a company that will spend the money to make sure you get there with us and we throw a big party and we, we learn at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a good time. And, and uh, yeah, it's definitely worth it. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate you joining and we'll catch you next time. All right. Thanks, Andy. Thank you for listening to another edition of WVD Monthly, presented by Zintegra, with your host, Andy Whiteside and Pete Downing. Thanks to podcast episode guests. Podcast produced by Pete Downing. If you are interested in joining a Zintegra podcast, email info at Zintegra.com. Podcast copyrighted by Zintegra, LLC.